the Boston players love But Michael Jordan is not only the best basketball player, but he's the most exciting basketball player to ever play. Tatum fires away, pumps it in. The Big Three NBA Podcast is powered by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Big Three NBA Podcast. Ashrod Blakely, Gary Washburn. I'm Kwani Lunas. We're back after a glorious little holiday weekend week, I would say. It started on Monday. But we can first, we're just going to get right into it with this Celtics road trip. Coming out way better than we probably expected. I, I will, no, not probably. Way better than we actually expected. Last week, we predicted that they'd lose to at least one of the two teams in LA, and they said, no, we're going to take both those wins. But let's just work backwards. Let's start with the Christmas Day game, the biggest day game for anyone that really loves the NBA, but also for the players themselves. What were your takeaways from that win against the Lakers? I'm going to let Gary go first because Gary was in the building. The ground. <laughs> G-Money was in the building, so. Well, an impressive win for the, for the Celtics. Um, they basically, I mean, they took control, jumped out 12-0. Brown was real quiet. The Lakers kind of rallied to come back and took a one-point lead in the early second half, but the Celtics just manhandled them. Their strategy was pretty obvious. Let Anthony Davis go nuts, but nobody else get get theirs even LeBron James. And I think what uh, Celtics had an advantage is LeBron was tired. Like, and as much as he is still one of the greatest players on the earth, still top two to three player in the league, he had scored 40 points two nights before, leading him to the win over Oklahoma City, a must that he called it a must win. So he just didn't have a lot to stay, especially at that, his knee bumped into Jalen's back uh, in a really bizarre injury. You know, he couldn't finish. He just wasn't the same. And and the problem with the Lakers is that supporting cast, they just, none of them, besides our friend Torian Prince, can actually um, support. <laughs> really showed up, right? They really no, didn't really show up. Um, they didn't give a lot of support. They And they faded in the end, and the Celtics took control, made some plays, great defensive plays. Derek White, Drew Holiday, of course, Porzingis. So an impressive win, even though they won and they didn't shoot the three well, 31%. I think they were 13 for 42, something to that effect. So It's not 42 number again. We keep hearing that 42, 42 number. Anyway, keep going. The same number they shot against Sacramento when they scored 144 points. So um, it shows they don't need to hit the three to be successful if they attack the two and get to the free throw line. Tatum didn't have a great game, but at 13 free throws, Jayla had his moments early. But this just shows you the depth when you're talking about White, Holiday, Porzingis, even guys like Sam Hauser, Peyton Pritchard, I think scored 10 points. I want to say uh, had his couple of moments. I, I remember the Clipper game where he scored 10 straight points. Uh, I think the Clipper game, but they had support and they were able to basically take control and beat a team that they should beat. Yeah, I, I think we're just starting to see with them more and more is that the, the, the ability for them to impact winning it's not just a Jalen Jason thing. It's not just a Jalen Jason Chris after. It's like as we get deeper into the season, they're extending that window of ballers who are making a difference. And that's what championship teams do. You don't def- depend on the same three or four guys every night to win. Sometimes the pecking order gets the deck gets reshuffled. And you have guys who maybe were the fourth or fifth option one night are now that dude. Uh, I thought Porzingis was great. 
in that game I, against the Lakers. I thought he really gave the Lakers problems and, and gave the Celtics a dimension that when you start looking at the types of teams you're going to see later on, not just in the season, but in the playoffs, as you get closer and closer towards winning a championship, you're going to need him to be the best player on the floor some nights. Uh, and that was something that I thought when he came to Boston, he was very comfortable in being that number three guy and just let Jason and Jason do their thing. But it seems the more we see him play, the more he's recognizing and his teammates are recognizing. Some nights he's got to be that guy that was the number one option in New York. Some nights he has to be that guy that teams are trying to figure out what the hell are we going to do with this dude because he's killing us right now. The Lakers was a, was a great example of that. Uh LeBron being tired, listen, I don't not giving LeBron no outs. Uh, that injury with him and Jalen was weird because Jalen got knee in the back. LeBron knee hit, you know, Jalen. And you would have, and Jalen seemed like the one initially that was dealing with a bigger issue in terms of getting back and playing. Uh, LeBron is still going to be LeBron. I, he's at that point now where he can tear it ligaments and all that in his knee and still go get you 25 7 and 7 he's that dude um i do think that there was a little bit of mental fatigue i think more than physical with lebron because as, as gary pointed out they put so much stock in that okc game that i think that a lot of them were just mentally tapped out afterwards because they needed to get off the snide uh and the celtics were to me the worst case scenario for the lakers a team that was better than you a team that was rested and a team that is playing on a different kind of level mentally every single night they step out on the floor. And it just, it led to a game that again, the Celtics won by 11, but for those of us who watched the game, the game really never really felt that close of a game. If the Celtics seemed to have kind of like a double digit length of a lead pretty much the entire night, it was just a matter of how big would that double digit lead be at the end of the day. But for me, the big takeaway was Brazilian and just how, He's starting to figure out when he has to be the, the, that number one option, that go-to guy for this team, and when he needs to settle into the more natural role as the second or third or possibly fourth option when needed. That's the thing I love the most about the Christmas Day game, too, though, is that's a, a, obviously a chance for players to show out and, and do their best that they can all season because they know that there are national eyes on them. But I think it's very telling. We watch basketball on a daily basis because, quite frankly, we have to. That's part of our jobs. But the casual NBA fan, they don't have the time to watch every single. I mean, they're off, of course, they're loyal fans, but some people just genuinely don't have time to watch it. And I was home with family while watching that game. And it's interesting when you hear people watching the maybe the Celtics for the first time this season. And they're like, oh, Porzingis looks the way he did in New York, where we've seen the sparks that he's brought to the team all year already. But for the casual fan, the one that doesn't have as much time, they're getting to see, oh, this team is actually good. And they're getting a sense of, oh, the Celtics team could actually be a legitimate threat, which is another perspective that I was able to pick up this Christmas, which is obviously a, a common theme for fans in general. But looking overall to that West Coast trip, they come out only one loss. That was, of course, to the Warriors. What would you two say was your biggest takeaway from the way they were able to perform on the road during the holiday season at that you know, I expected them to come out with three out of the four wins. I did not think it would be that. I thought they'd drop one of the L.A. games and they would beat Golden State. But after yeah. the Golden State, uh, you go back and you look at how just bad they played in that game. 
Uh, you know, the, the 41, I think that was the one where they missed like 41 threes. Uh, and yet there they were in overtime. Who the hell misses that many threes and plays a game that goes into overtime on the road? Uh, to me, that was more telling about how good they are than, right. than anything else. If able to be in a situation, and they had a chance to win it at the at the very end of regulation. Uh, if, if you know, we're not going to get into Joe Mazzulla's decision to call a timeout, not call a timeout. Another story, another day, another podcast. But the bottom line is that West Coast trip, I think, really reinforced their position and status as the team everyone is trying to catch because they were able to beat you in a lot of different ways. Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum were not necessarily the best player every single one of those games. And that bench, there were some games where the bench looked really good. Other games, it didn't look so hot. Joe Mazzula, I thought he had his moments where I thought he made some really good, critical, smart decisions. Uh, to me, one of the most important decisions, I don't know if we'll get into it today, but the decision to play Cato more now than he has in the past they're going to have to make a they're going to have to make a commitment to that dude because he belongs on their regular roster when you look at what he's able to do in the minute you know the the limited minutes that he's out there on the floor uh and it seems and i I could be wrong but it seems he's getting better the more he plays you're actually seeing progress uh bottom line is this was a this was a road trip where they won you know, they won most of the games that they should have won. They showed growth for some of those young guys who didn't necessarily play a lot. And their core guys, I didn't feel, had to carry the load for longer periods. Like, you didn't see any 45, 46-minute nights for Tatum and Brown for them to get a win. Those guys play their usual minutes. And, and again, to me, more than anything, they just reinforce why they're the best team in the NBA. Yeah, I agree. Um, they didn't really need vintage Tatum or vintage Brown on the trip. I mean, they won three out of four and they won the game that Jason didn't play in by 25 points and, and really routed a good Sacramento team. I mean, on the trip, Jason was against the Warriors, you know, with a sprained ankle, um, five for 17. He scored 15 points. They lost that game. He did not play against the Kings. And in LA, he was a combined 15 for 31, 6 for 16 from three. He, he averaged, he had 30 against the Clips, 25. Like, he had, it was solid, good, what we expect Tatum. But nothing that was like, oh, my goodness, Tatum went for 45. Tatum carried him to the win. Tatum scored 17 in a row at one stretch. Like, and, and they did not need that. And that's the shows, like Sherrod said, a testament to their depth, that they don't always need that. Look at Jalen's numbers on the four-game trip. Very solid, 28 against the Warriors, 28 against the Kings. And then in L.A., he combined for 43 points. He had he was one for five from three and seven for 17 against the Lakers, 19 points, you know. But they won easily all, all three, the last three games of the trip. So when you don't need vintage Jalen, you don't need vintage Jason, you don't need that all-star performance, then that just shows your depth. And I just, it's an, it was an encouraging trip after what I would think was a discouraging start, losing to the Warriors, blowing a 17-point lead. And essentially, like, and we talked about it, just, just not making the one or two finishing type of plays to put them away. And now we all know Golden State's playing better. They got Steph, they had Clay. We all, we all know. So, I mean, they got all the excuses to say, you know, we lost to a, a quality team and, the Warriors will still bring it every now and then. But to finish the trip, blowing out the Clippers by 37 points, 
in L.A. I don't care if Kawhi didn't play or not. With still Paul George, Roman Powell, James Harden, blowing them out of the water, and then not getting the vintage games from Jason and Jalen just says a lot about their depth and that Drew Holiday is really starting to blend in, starting to score more. Derek White has been all-star caliber. And then the presence of Porzingis for him, he, he was great in the Sacramento game and came back and was great against the Lakers. This team is rolling on all cylinders. And they still, to me, haven't pay, played a prolonged stretch of really dominant basketball yet. And yet, they're 23-6. and six. Their schedule gets a lot easier now. Detroit, uh, Sherrod's buddies. Don't talk about that. I'm excited to talk about that. Sherrod's buddies <laughs> up in Detroit. How are they doing? How are they doing, Sherrod? How, how is Chris's Don't do that. Don't, do, don't even get into it. Don't, don't why, do that. Why are you going to go there, man? Why are you going to go there? Why? Man. How are they doing? How are they doing? Toronto, San Antonio. I think they got another. They got a tough one against Oklahoma City oh. um, after the first of the year. But the schedule gets a little bit easier, so the Celtics could could put away some wins, create some distance, make it a little bit easier on themselves in April. But so far, an impressive trip, especially after the Golden State loss. Yeah. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and so much more. So visit FanDuel.com Boston and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling Helpline MA.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. Sherrod, you mentioned Kata, and I do think we should quickly touch upon him because Gary's been asking for the last few weeks, why hasn't Kata been getting any minutes? So I just quickly did some hood research myself. And when we say hood research, it's legitimate numbers, by the way. But obviously, <laughs> just for a disclaimer. Why do you got to put out the disclaimer that yeah, this, disclaimer. This, isn't really hood, this isn't really hood, hood research. This is making up hood with an asterisk research. Right, it's just like last minute pull stuff together. So in LA versus the Clippers, he played 23 minutes, had 14 points, 12 rebounds, 21 minutes against Golden State. Obviously, that was a loss, but he had 10 points, 10 rebounds as well. He played in every game on the road this past the last few games. But to your point, Sherrod, he has grown exponentially in the time that we've seen him on the floor. So I'll start with you, Gary, because I know you've been an advocate for him getting more minutes. What do you what would you think would should be the takeaway from Missoula after this road trip for Akita? I think Missoula started to change like Luke was active. Suddenly Luke got healthy. <laughs> after Kata got 14 and 12 against the Clippers. Kata played, I think, you know, he had a shorts that he didn't have the, the big splash against yeah. the Lakers that he had against the Clippers. 
But it shows you that he started to gain the confidence and become that true backup center when they need some rugged minutes, they need a rebound, they need a block shot, they need a put back. So I think the proof's in the pudding, folks. We all know, like, I think, and I'm not going to down Cornette, okay? I think what Cornette does is Cornette does a lot of the little things they like well. He screens well. Pick and roll defense, things that are not in the scorebook. Like, you're not going to credit, you're not going to, you know, Cornette's not going to lead the league with with nice (laughs) screens to free up Jason. That's not going to, you're not going to see that. I think they like the little things that Cornette brings to the table. But Cornette doesn't rebound as well as Kata, and he doesn't, he's not that fierce defender, rim protector as Kata is. And yes, Kata's going to get some goal tens. He's had some goal tens. I think he probably leaped the team in goal tens in his short stint because he's trying to swat everything away. And I think that that dissuades people from attacking the rim. But I also think that Joe understands, okay, this guy is hungry, and I say so. You gotta start playing him some some real quality minutes and see what he can do. Fourteen and twelve against the Clippers, you know he was battling in the paint against Zubak. You know he gave them a legitimate threat at the rim, and they haven't had that. So to me, when Chris Stapps is not in the game, or Horford's playing a perimeter player, you use Kata to get those key rebounds or offensive putback, and you can use him as an offensive threat. That's the one thing as much as we all like Luke, Luke doesn't pose any offensive threat. He gets the ball around the basket. The first thing he does is he hesitates. He looks to pass. He is not going to go up and just ram it on somebody. If he will, if he has the space and he feels comfortable, but he is not that guy like, oh, I got this three feet, boom. Even though it might get blocked or I'm I'm going I'm to draw a foul or you're going to get dunked on. So to me, I tend to think that Kata just is the more aggressive player, the more productive player. You just got to look at the numbers. And I've been calling for him ever since I saw him in preseason. I was like, okay, this kid's got a little chip on his shoulder. Two years um, in the Kings kind of system, playing mostly with the Stockton, um, you know, their G League team in Stockton, you know, nice career at Utah State. And the guy's hungry. And, and Luca, we all love Luca. I think Luca's a nice guy. I think he does exactly what they ask him to do. But you're talking about like the eye test. We all know Kata wins that eye test. So I, I, I tend to think that Joe is starting to change his mind about, okay, who am I going to give these minutes? And obviously now what we're looking at is when Kata being on a two-way contract, one, he's not eligible for the playoffs. I think that would be a detriment to the Celtics if he's on a playoff roster. Two, he, he can only play or be active. Not he can. Even if he suits up and doesn't play, he's active. He can only be active for 50 games. In the last time, I think before the road trip, or I think he's he's up to 14 or 15 games now. So you got to ration him now because there's still 50-something 50, 50 games left, right? We're at tw- game – tomorrow is game 30. So we got 52 games left, 53 games left. He can only play in 35, 36 – 34, 35 left for him to play. Because you got to ration him. If not, sign him to a standard NBA deal. And re- folks, remember, Cornette's on a non-guaranteed deal that will be guaranteed by January 10th, him and Lamar Stevens. So the Celtics have a decision to make. Do you want to keep Cornette for the season on a guaranteed deal? Now, you can still keep him 
or sorry, guarantee his contract and still release him. You could still do that and pay him, right? Um, or you can waive Cornette and go with Kata, or you can just keep everybody. So they got some decisions to make over the over the next, you know, couple of weeks. I got a feeling that my boy Lamar Stevens might be uh job hunting in the middle of January. Uh, just, just just because just from a simple both the I, I think the financial aspect of it, which isn't huge, but with them being a, a taxpayer, that it does become a bigger factor. And also it's it's probably the most seamless way they can bring Kata in on a guaranteed deal because I do believe that they're going to do that. This is a guy there to me, there's no reason in the world why you wouldn't have him on your roster come playoff time. He is clearly your second best big man right now. And the thing that, that Gary touched on that I, I want to dig a little bit deeper into is the biggest difference between him and Cornette is that Kata plays with a certain level of confidence, consistency, and just courage out there. He's not trying. He looks like he belongs out there, that he understands I have a job to do, and that is to help this team. And I can't just do that by just being a screen set. I mean, he'll put the ball on the floor and look to attack off the dribble and on the block. That is something that Luke has been here for how long? I don't know if Luke has ever done that, at least not in a meaningful game. Kata understands what he can do, who he is. And again, he's raw. Is is He has flashes of young Rob Williams. Remember when Rob, when Time Love was trying to block everything that went up at the rim? Kata's kind of like that. But the difference is Kata actually has an offensive game. He actually can get the ball on the elbow and make moves and finish at the rim. He actually is willing to go at guys. And and, and there were in, in that, that that Lakers game, there were moments where LeBron had to hit the pause button before he went and attacked because Cater was out there. That is those are the, the, the hidden. We talk about Luke and some of the things that he does that don't get attention and don't get, he doesn't get credit for. Same thing with Cater. When a great player is looking to attack the rim and they see this seven foot dude who they know is looking to pin everything on the glass. Because, you know, we like to pin it on glass. They decide to pull it out and run their offense, and they don't attack. Having that moment of hesitancy in the minds of really good players is exactly what Kata does uh, when he's on the floor. And that's there's value in that. Uh, and so, uh, to me, Kata has done all that you could possibly do, given his situation, given his circumstance, to prove his value beyond just being a two-way contract player. Uh, I, I would be shocked if they don't find a way to get him on a traditional contract so to, to make him eligible for the playoffs. Uh, because unless you're bringing in like a, you know, like an, and making a deal for like an Andre Drummond or someone like that, I don't know why you wouldn't have a guy like Kata as your backup center, at least, uh, you know, you're one of your two options as a backup center. Because I, I do think Luke has value. And I, I do think that the Celtics more likely than not will find a way to keep him. Uh, Lamar Stevens, I just, again, as much as I love Lamar, I just don't think this is a good fit for him. Uh, I think it's more not so much about his ability and talent. I just don't think what he can do and what he's capable of doing, they understand, recognize, and appreciate that value to this team. And so if that's the case, let him go and find another team that's going to value what he can do. Because I do think he is an NBA player. I just don't think it's going to happen in Boston. Yeah, I think it's – I like Lamar, and I like what he's done. I just don't understand why they don't play him more. And I think that he he can fill a role – um, and I think maybe the emergence of Kata has made him kind of expendable in terms of kind of that that backup big, because um, Lamar's kind of a four or five. He's not like really a three. Um, the, I, you know, I was talking to some folks in Sacramento about Kata, and they, you know, they were like, you know, they saw him on the court, and you know, he enters the game in Sacramento, gets a nice little round of applause, and it was like, okay, like you know, he's getting love and that type of thing. 
And um, they were like, how's he doing? Like, wow, we he never got into the game this early. And, yeah. you know, and they, I said, they love him. He just, he's raw. They said, and I said, that's and, and I said, like, he's got to work on his hands. They're like, yeah, he's got to work on his finishing. They were like, yeah, that was a, that was a tag on him. And, um, in, in Sacramento, that, that that's the things you need to work on. But if you really look at it, it was something I wrote. Um, they dumped him, the Kings, to basically sign JaVale McGee. And if we look at the Sacramento game, JaVale McGee entered in garbage time. He's playing eight minutes a game. Like, you don't think that they wish they would have kept Kata? I'm surprised JaVale's still playing, to be honest. Yeah, it's crazy. They literally dumped Kata, 24-year-old Kata, to sign 34, 35-year-old JaVale McGee. And it hasn't worked for the Kings. JaVale is not in their rotation. Um, so it's just interesting to see um, how those things go. And I'm sure that they 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 definitely regret probably letting him go. And the Celtics, as Brass even said, we have to find players. When, when you don't have first-round picks and they trade them off, we have to find players with Brad told me, We have to find players, developmental guys, Delano Banton, Kata, guys who – even O'Shea Brissett, guys who now can value out at a first-round pick but need some work, need some seasoning, and we can put them in our system like the Miami Heat does with a lot of their guys, right? We look at Miami Heat, and you know, where the hell did Gabe Vincent come from? Where did Duncan Robinson come from? Where did Haywood Highsmith come from? Jamal King, some of these guys, you know, Orlando Robinson, guys that were making plays, and they developed. And that's what the Celtics have decided to do when you give away your first-round picks. And I think Kate is a perfect example of one man's trash, another man's treasure, where the Kings was like, no, no, we need JaVale McGee. And you had your man was right there sitting there looking at you, and you let him go, and the Celtics picked him up. And they did the same thing. And a guy we don't know a lot about yet, Drew Peterson, a kid from USC, your Celtics signed You know, they got rid of Nathan Knight. I don't think he was a really good fit. Nathan's kind of a four five not really a five it just didn't work i know sharad your high school chum um you know notting hill nottingham notting something some bougie high school damn fool damn fool what you have for thanks what you have for christmas dinner damn nottingham nottingham notting hill high school stop hate the real tough rough rough and tough school notting nottingham the real gangsters go anyway why are you going into my school like that? Eastside, Eastside High. It was Eastside High in Syracuse. Anyway, um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, but you they got rid of him. They signed Drew Peterson, another guy, six, six, eight, six, nine, can shoot, another stretch guy that probably will make contributions more next year. And that's with Kata. I think they thought maybe next year he'll make contributions, but they put him in the game and the guy making plays. 14 and 12 against a legit center like Zubak. Zubak not, not sliced, you know, miss me here. Zubak legit NBA center. And 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 that dude was putting up the numbers in in, in not a whole lot of minutes. Not even like he played 40 minutes. So I think the Celtics got to really, like you said, Sherrod, really think about what they want to do with their roster. I think they'll find a way to keep Cornette. I think they like Cornette. They like his what he does. What he brings, the defensive, because I'm, you know, you know, as Joe has mentioned, the pick and roll defense, some of the idiosyncrasies that bigs need to know, Kate needs to work at. And I, I, I totally understand that. But you, the eye test, the dog, 
dude, no, no, that's my ball, fool. Nope. Kata got that all over Cornette. Kata, you don't want to be in that dude. You you want that dude with you in a dark alley. You want that dude snatching a rebound in somebody's hands. You want somebody to go to the paint and be like, okay, this dude is going to knock my block my shot into the second row. Let me back up a little bit. Like, he's foul prone. That's another thing that 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 we have to, you know, you have to understand. But I think he's done product made productive plays, had productive minutes, and it's time to reward my man. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch to busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things that I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because that is what you are looking to do when you're looking to make a hire. You don't want to dilly-dally around with trying to go through candidates X, Y, Z, knowing that X is probably needs to be X and Y is the reason why you're doing this and Z is just, just hanging out there. You want to be able to hire in a timely fashion and Indeed is a great, great, great way of making that happen. One of the keys to Indeed is their ability to leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, which allows Indeed to have the type of matching search engine that's constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. So listeners out there to this show, you'll get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash A-List. Just go to Indeed.com slash A-List right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash A-List. Terms and conditions apply. You need to hire. You need Indeed. This is why you listen to the Big Three NBA podcast, because who would have thought that you get this much Kata talk on an episode? We have diversity here. We make sure everyone. Notting Hill High School reference. Notting High, Notting Ham, Notting Turkey, all of them. Notting stuffing. You know, I'm going to nod upside your head. You keep talking about school like that. (laughs) Nodding upside your head. I can't. So let's I hate <laughs> We're going to qu- quickly play a game of fill in the lane. We talked about, obviously, this West Coast trip. Let's put a bow on it. Obviously, they're back at home playing the Pistons. We're going to get into that in just a second. But fill in the lane. Blank is how you would describe Boston's West Coast trip. I would just say meh is how I describe it. They did what they're supposed to do. Yeah. They, did, they, they handled their business. They were the best team at the beginning of that trip. And now that we're through this, through that vortex, lo and behold, they're still the best team. Uh, so I, to me, they did exactly what you're supposed to do. And, and again, it wasn't the, the sexiest trip. It wasn't just, you know, the nastiest trip. It was just a solid business-like approach. They lost the game where they played about as bad as they played in the game all year. And that game went to overtime. 
after that, they pretty much had their way with everyone that was on the, on the schedule. And they didn't always have their full complement of players. Tatum missed the game, and they won. That was I think that was the largest margin of victory they had on the West Coast trip in the game that they played without Tatum. Uh, shout out to De'Aaron Fox on his birthday, catching that big fat L on his birthday. I hate that for the young fella. I hate that. Turned 26 years old and caught that big. Anyway, another story another day. It Bottom is line is, it is what it is. Bottom line is they did exactly what great teams do, and that is handle your business. Don't leave any doubt as to who is that team, uh, who is them, and it's the Celtics. So, man, it's all right. What you got, Gary? Um, I'm going to say successful. I mean, you, you, obviously you like to go 4-0 and, and, and walk away with undefeated trip, but that's hard. Any West Coast, any East Coast team that goes West knows – it's treacherous out there in the West, especially when you're playing both L.A. teams, you're playing Golden State, and you're playing a sneaky Sacramento on the back-to-back. -back. The most impressive win of the season to me was that Sacramento win. No Jason. And then, remember, they fell behind 23-11. to 11. They could have got – or 23-something, 23-11. They could have gotten blown out the gym. I was sitting there like, okay, they really about to get blown out the gym up in here. Like, it, this does not look – like they're ready to play. And they came back. So I thought it was the most impressive win of the season. Then to come back, beat the brakes off the Clippers, and then just the margin of victory, 23, 24 points average margin of victory. Then beat the Lakers by 11, just put it away. No excitement in the last four minutes. So, you know, they had to, they just took LeBron out the game. The Lakers said, okay, you got us. There wasn't any dramatics that needed to occur because probably in the last couple of years, that game becomes tight because the Celtics don't score for four minutes, right? They're up 12, and suddenly A.B. and LeBron in back-to-back -back threes, and somebody has a dunk, and D'Angelo Russell steps up for a three, and suddenly it's a one-point game, and the Celtics are in a dogfight. That did not happen. They took care of business. They made plays early in the fourth quarter and made it easy on the show. Guy got, got, got a chance to just relax. We got this. Bask in the glory of a Christmas Day win in L.A., Deuce Tater running out there telling everybody Happy Christmas. <laughs> the happy um, Christmas. I enjoyed that part, man. I enjoyed that. I'm, 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 I'm glad they're giving Deuce some lines when he get on the yeah. mic now. Yeah, it was, it was he's, good. Getting, he's getting speaking parts now. He's getting some speaking roles. That's yeah. oh, you stepping up. Wait, did y'all see his commercial though? For no. the oh my goodness. All right, I'll send it to y'all after. He did a commercial. I don't know if it was a legitimate commercial, but it was for Tatum's new Jordans. And Deuce is an actor. Like, give him an award immediately because he nailed all his lines. If y'all don't know what it is, just go on Twitter, X, search Deuce Tatum Christmas. I'm sure you'll be able to find it. Very well done performance by Deuce. Someone texted to me on Christmas morning, which made it even sweeter. <laughs> okay. Yeah, he's an actor. All right, moving on. Let's talk about these Pistons breaking all the records for all the wrong reasons. The worst NBA record in the National Basketball Association to date. This is a game I'm actually excited about. What are we thinking about Celtics Pistons? I don't I don't think that they would the Celtics would want to lose. But 27 straight losses for the Pistons, they they have a. I don't even know if they have a chip on their shoulders. I can't even say they have a chip on their shoulders, to be honest. Look, they. they are they are just... we even expecting anything? But this could be that one where it's like, you know what? Let's let's care today. 
But who no. knows? I want to hear what y'all think. <laughs> I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm 27 just, straight losses. I am so like tortured by this game coming up because I never really want teams to win or lose. I just want them to play well. This is one of those games where I, I really want this, the Pistons to do something more than just show up and get that aspect because they've done yeah, it for 27 games. Uh, and it's, it's, it's like, uh, it's that bad song that you can't get out your head, but every time you turn around, somebody playing that bad song, that's the Detroit <laughs> Pistons now. They are a bad team, and no matter how much you want to not think about yeah. them being a bad team, you can't because they are on a historic level now. And, you know, they've already lost more consecutive games in a single season than any team in NBA history. They lose to Boston. They will have uh, – no, they will either tie, tie or break – yeah, they'll tie they'll the tie. Sixers for the most consecutive mm-hmm. losses – in general, and the Sixers did it over the course of two seasons. Uh, so I, I wanted to put up a good fight, but I just don't see how they're going to win this game because the, the Celtics have given you absolutely no clue or hint that they would take them lightly. Now, if this were the Pistons, or excuse me, the Celtics of last year, oh yeah, I think the Pistons might have a shot. I think the Pistons, but I would even I would even go so far as to say the Pistons might even have blown that team out. Uh, real talk. But this year, I just don't see it happening. I mean, if if the Pistons could be within like striking distance with like six seven minutes to go, I'd be shocked because I think that I think the Celtics more likely than not they're going to have a 20, 30 point lead at some point. The first three quarters, or come fourth quarter, they're probably looking at like a twenty point lead with about five six minutes to go, and at that point, it's just like you're just running out the clock. Uh, so I, the Pistons, it, it seems a pretty safe bet that they will not win this game and that this, the Celtics will cover whatever the line may be for this game. And then that losing streak, Bonnie, they'll have a chance to you know move on to the next city and become the sole owner of the worst losing streak in NBA history. Um, so I feel bad for them, but man. I feel bad for them. It's bad. Gary's, Gary's on no mercy. Gary's right. just like, bring them on. They suck us. We go, we go smash them. No, we go smash man. them. No, I don't feel that way. I feel sad for the city of Troy is a great basketball city. They deserve winning basketball. And they tried to rebuild mightily over the last few years, packing the, putting together all these lottery picks. And it was supposed to, it was supposed to come together. Kate Cunningham, Killian Hayes, Jalen Duran. Jalen Ivey, Isaiah Stewart. I mean, you just name it guys, but guys and guys. Now, Osar Thompson. Um, Coaching, Monty. William. I mean, some yeah, people are divided they got, on. They even traded for James Wiseman and Marvin Back. Like, they got so many top 10 and top 15 picks in their team. It's absurd. And for them to just not be competitive or just, you know, it's just sad. And, and, and there's something going on in Detroit. I don't know what it is. It's a culture thing. There's no way this team should lose. You're young and you're trying, but there's no team way your team, this team should be losing 27 games in a row. It's ridiculous. The fans just want some wings. They're never going to get wing stop. Yeah, it's just something. It's something. They want something. And Detroit, now the Lions are doing good, so I think maybe yeah. the, the market, the, the, the city is a little bit is excited about that and taking the pressure off the Pistons, but Something's got to give in Detroit because it's been 10, 12 years now since, you know, Sherrod's boys, Chauncey and Rip and all those guys left. They haven't been all that competitive. They're supposed to, remember, it was supposed to be Andre Drummond and they signed They've Josh been rebuilding since. Yeah, they that, signed Josh Smith and they were supposed to, they were, you know, Stan Van Gundy was supposed to bring him back and then 
you know, our friend, you know, good guy, Wayne Casey, that ain't work. Now they give Monty Williams $78 million and he lost 27 games in a row. Um, the Celtics, though, cannot take this game lightly. The injury reports out. Jason and Jalen are both questionable. Jalen with that bruised back. Jason with the left ankle, ankle management because it's a back-to-back. So they got to decide, like, okay, well, um, let's punch first and take them out early. Don't let Kate. Kate had 41 in their last. Kate's a good Kate player. Kate is balling. He is balling. Good player. And you don't want Isaiah Stewart coming off the bench hitting five threes or – like, they got – Players who can have a breakout game and make it competitive and close. Yeah. You do not want that. You don't want to yeah. be the team that lost. And this will this could be one of the biggest point spreads, maybe in league history. And if Jason and Jalen both play, it could be, right? Like this could be 20 point point spread, 21 points. I mean, that's a college football point spread or a college basketball. You usually don't get anything more than maybe. 15 or 16 at the most in NBA, but this is the team, the best team in the league against the team, by far the worst team in the league. So it'll, it'll be interesting, but the Celtics cannot sleep on this team. They got some rest, no practice on Wednesday. So they, they haven't played since Christmas, but don't rest in your loyals and go in there and go, we got this. Punch first, knock them out, make it a, take them out by third quarter, and then you're good. Well, that leaves me with another fill in the lane then if Detroit somehow managed just to pull off an upset upset against Boston, blank has to happen. Oh, that's, that's easy. Cade has to have the best game he's ever had in life. Tatum has to not play. Jalen has to not play. Porzingis has to be questionable or limited. Uh, there's so many things that would have to go. He has to burn down. Yeah. There, there's so many things. That, you ain't right. See, that's that BC Eagle coming out of her. She ain't right. Um, there are so many things that have to go to Troy's way for them to have a shot at this, let alone win it. And I just don't see that happening. But if it were to happen, it would definitely be a night where Tatum and Brown don't play. Uh, Drew Holiday looks like the Drew Holiday we saw a few few weeks ago where he's going three for the seven, missing layups. Uh, you know, Derek White will have a five turnover game, which we've only seen that happen once. Uh, and it would have to happen again. There were, again, it would be one. Of, and, and even then, the game probably can go to overtime if, if all those things happen. Uh, so it can happen, but I just, I, I just don't see realistically how Detroit can win that game. But it can happen. Yeah, I mean, the Pistons would have to play well and also finish the game. I think if you look at the last few games, the two games against Brooklyn, the game against Utah, they competed. They're still playing hard for Monty. They're not – there's a couple of games they've lost, like, oh, man, they down 30. But mostly they, they've played okay until that last six minutes, and then they just give it up, and then the team pulls away, and they lose. So if you, they would have to play 48 full minutes. The Celtics would just have to be a step slow. And even if, you know – Jalen and Jason don't play. Like you said, Gerard, they still got enough guys to win that game. Um, you know, Derek, Drew, you know, guys, you know, O'Shea Brissett can, can get some minutes. You know, Peyton Pritchard could get can get him up. But I think Detroit would just have to play a very good game. And then also the key player to me is Jalen Duran. If he controls that paint, gets him 12, 15, 18 rebounds, four or five blocks, and makes it to where it's like, don't come in here because he just has one of those nights 
that could be make things hard for the Celtics. I mean, and I'm not saying it, it would happen or it's, they're, they're going to lose, but this is a game I think they need to be da- they need to watch, be careful of. Without question, yeah, seriously, they're going to be desperate. Detroit's going to try to, you know, they're going to Detroit's going to be desperate. Like they don't want they, they their name is attached to this. They're going to be playing their butts off to try to get this. Now, obviously, but we all know if they if you hit them a, a couple of times first, their confidence is going to go to the to go to the to the to the floor, and they're not going to be able to they're not going to fight. You know how much fight do they have left? You know, or are they going to point at a game and say, "Okay, let's look at Washington. Maybe we can beat them." And maybe, like, maybe they're looking down the schedule and thinking, "Okay, we really don't have a chance." But because I think they have Toronto on Saturday, and I think that's the second game of a back-to-back for Toronto, so it it, it is possible that they get there. They might be looking forward to that game. You know, maybe they maybe it's the Raptors. Who knows? Who knows? Indeed. All right, let's quickly go around the NBA. There are a few stories that piqued our interest in our rundown, but you guys can pick which one maybe stands out to you the most. Luca, he dropped 50 <clears throat> on Christmas. Would you say he's your MVP league run for front runner right now at this point in the season? We also have Miami Heat. They're healthy, surging. How big of a threat do you think they're in the East? But related to the Miami Heat was Udonis Haslam's comments. I don't know if you two were able to see that about how Bill Russell, like basically not disrespecting, I think, Bill Russell and his legacy and not acknowledging the fact that the 23 is also retired. That's a whole other story in itself. John Morant, Marcus Smart, they're back. Well, they're finally together. They look really good. But then also KD reportedly is frustrated with what's happening in Phoenix and how would you describe their big three still being together potentially during the playoffs if it even got to that point. There's a lot. There's a lot going on. I don't even know which there, one you want to There's react. a lot. I'm, I'm not going to get into all of them. You have all to them, them. But I, I have to at least acknowledge them. <laughs> yeah. No, well, I will say this. Miami Heat surging, yes, that is something that if you're the Celtics, you absolutely have to be mindful of because they are starting to get their poor guys healthy and they're balling out. Uh, oh, Udonis Haslam, uh, you know, F Bill Russell comments and all that is just unnecessary. Uh, and, and as Jalen Brown pointed out on, on social media, X, Twitter, whatever you want to call it, you didn't have that same energy when MJ's number went up there. Uh, and but you're going to come after the so, the social justice icon that Bill Russell is. Okay, got you. So I am looking very forward to a Boston Miami playoff series because now I've been trying to figure out what kind of extra juice could the Celtics potentially have other than the fact that Miami has, has basically handed them some really bad playoff losses. This might be that little extra something. You better believe that if they play each other in the playoffs, this is going to be on Jalen Brown's mind. And at some point, when you're down on that sideline, Jalen is going to jam with somebody, and Jalen is going to look over that bench, and he's going to be looking for Udonis. And he was going to say something. And Udonis, being Udonis, is going to reply back or clap back, and boom, tech on Udonis on the bench. So that is so like Udonis won't be on the floor, to clarify. No, 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 he'll be on the bench. He'll be on the bench, and he'll be doing what Udonis do. Waving a red and white flag, uh, mm-hmm. not playing. Um, and the Marcus Smart, uh, this is this is the way they're playing early on is what I thought would be the case 
when they got together. I thought they'd be really good uh, as a tandem. My Memphis was one of those teams I thought could make a potential run out west, but obviously they've gotten to a, such a horrible start. Uh, but there's still there's plenty of time where they can get in position to make the playoffs and cause some some havoc and some chaos in the Western Conference. So not surprised that those guys are playing as well together. Uh, but the other stuff on the rundown, I'll leave all that to Gary or he can jump in on his other stuff. Um, I don't care about league MVP at this, this point. Luca, your team's in fourth place in the West. Bye-bye. Stop. You're not impressing me. <laughs> not yet. So. Yeah. Um, the United thing's interesting. I mean, because um, I think he was trying to say, like, I think he was trying to pump up his guys and, and just didn't go at it right. And, you know, they're retiring his number around the league. It's not like the Heat decided we're going to retire Bill Russell's number. Like every nobody can wear six anymore. So I don't know what, why he's coming with that. And then that's just not the person you say bleep them. Like this is to me, it's not. Let's just come on, man. Like you know, Udonis is, you know, he he understands social justice. He's fought for people in Florida. He's he's not a, a he's an intelligent man. But that whole just kind of like Celtics heat, like you letting it go too far, right? Mm-hmm. Just letting it go too far. The man passed away a couple of years ago. He did everything that you want to be to, for an athlete to do. And you more know? than MJ on the floor. So like yeah. if you, you know, bring like that I said before, yeah. you ain't say nothing when they retired 23. Or they got Dan Marino's jersey hanging in. I guess that's Miami, so you don't have mm-hmm. a problem with it. But to me... Like, come on, Giannis. And I know these podcasts, everybody wants to go off and make headlines and say something silly and stupid and make, you know, but it's just to the point of like, like, this is disrespectful, unfortunately. And now, like, I know I saw like uh, Bam out of bio at shoot around or whatever today or practice had to talk about it, was asked about it. It was like, That's I, I respect him. I, you know, I respect Bill Russell. You know, it was not a, about it. But, you know, come on now. Um, the KD thing in Phoenix is interesting. You know, like, they're not playing well. I think I, I was not trusting, of, oh, let's just throw Bradley Beal in there and it's just, go, oh, they're going to be a machine. Like, no, they're not. Beal has played in six games this year. Bradley's just one of those guys. I think people, it, 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 it kind of sneaks up on you. For, you know, like, Bill didn't have a reputation of always being hurt until he was always hurt. And so the last few years, he's missed considerable time. Then he gets to Phoenix. Oh, it's back. Then he sprains an ankle. And it's just sort of like, okay, how much does is his body starting to betray him? I mean, he's 30, you know, and not 30 for LeBron is different from 30 for Bradley Bill, right? Not 30 is a very interesting age for an NBA player, especially when you come out when you're 19 and you put you put in 11 years in the league. And some bodies, they can play 20 years in the league. Other bodies at about 11, their body starts saying, hey man, I ain't got I ain't got much left. I got I'm about I can play I can give you 60 games in a year. You know, I can help I can get you through the playoffs here and there. But even with KD, KD's 35, still playing he even played the most games out of all three. Even Devin Booker and KD 35 with a torn coming off a torn Achilles a couple of years ago. So it just shows you. So I'm just not impressed with the Suns. Um, you know, Frank Vogel was an interesting coach's choice as a coach. 
you know, but it's like, okay, so let's see what, the, what they got. But the West is tough with, with Minnesota now emerging. They're not going nowhere. The Denver Nuggets. And 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 we talked about this. Sure, I talked about the Grizzlies. I'm not saying the Grizzlies going to contend, but now they're like four and a half games out of the play-in. Like they're, it's not conceit inconceivable for them to make the playoffs. It's not. And they're like, okay, we got like the Grizzlies are starting to keep receipts. Like all them teams have pounded them without Jaw, without Marcus Smart. The Grizzlies, you know, with John in that locker room and Marcus, they got a list of teams. Okay. New Orleans, we gonna you know exactly. They got a list of teams. They beat the Pelicans twice in a week. They're like, okay, who? Okay, what other team that clowned us and was laughing at us and beat us on our home floor? Who's we next? Got you coming up. We yeah, got we you got coming you. up. We, we got, got you. you. The, the Grizzlies keeping receipts because that I think they feel like, listen, if we can get to five, I think they're ten and nineteen now. Or I could look if they could get to five hundred, or you know. By the end of the season, yeah, they're 10 and 19, four and a half games out the play in. Like, this is not, and they're 2 and 11 at home. They're not going to be 2 and 11. They're not going to have a, a 20% win percentage or whatever at home for the rest of the year. They're going to get better at home. Mm-hmm. And they're 8 and 8 on the road, incredibly. So they're already a good road team. They start winning more at home. The Grizzlies are going to sneak into that play in. It'd be a team that nobody wants to play. Now, I'm not saying they're going to win the championship. I think they've cost themselves that. I think they'll probably lose in the first round. But they're going to take somebody. They're going to take some some somebody out. They're going to make it interesting in that first round, especially with Marcus now healthy. You hope he stays healthy. Jaws back, brimming with energy. So I think it's a, it's a, it's going to be interesting to look at the the Grizzlies and see what they do over the next few months. And and when, once good health comes in, they've won four in a row now since Josh come back. So don't count them out in terms of making the play. I think people are like, oh, they're headed to the lottery, just play it out because they're they're terrible. Well, they ain't terrible no more. Facts. All right. Well, that's all we have for this week's episode of the Big Three NBA podcast. You guys said last week you were gonna tell us your favorite Christmas song, though. Let's quickly share what that is before we wrap. Oh, Gary? Yeah. Which? I, oh, I have two. What? I have three. Oh. Do you okay. love on Christmas Day? No, not one. Oh, this Christmas, Donnie Hathaway. Santa Claus is coming to town, The Whispers. Mm. And uh, everything for Christmas and Temptations. Those are my three top. You know, you can fight me on it. You can leave your comments. <laughs> listen, listen to those three songs. And my favorite. And then also by, by the Whispers, a song called um, Happy Holidays. Okay. Buck Top Classic. Four. I could add a fifth, but those are my must listen to during this time of year. We should have okay. just had Gary starting five for Christmas songs. That's what we should have had. Actually, figured he could he would pick one, but he picked like four. Quanti, what are your Quanti, what are yours, please? You know, mine are mostly little like, soldier boy got little soldier boy make a Christmas yeah, song. Exactly. Soldier boy make a Christmas. A Chris Brown Christmas. A Chris, Chris Brown. Brown. You know what? I not gonna lie. I do like the Chris Brown version of this Christmas. No, it's not bad. I'm being funny. It, it's it's cute. It's cute. He could do worse. Yeah, of course. Uh, Silent Night is like a classic. I don't have a specific artist for it. Uh, I don't. I never. I don't even think about my answers to be honest. I like Christmas though. Just like. 
Christmas song. Like I like Mary Did You Know, which is like a churchy song, but it's really nice. Especially when you get that little three-part harmony going. You know. <laughs> what about you, Sherrod? Give love on Christmas Day. Yeah. And there's there's a multiple there's multiple artists who've done that. Uh I'm partial to temptations. Uh, that's my number one. Number two, probably Boys the Men, Let It Snow. I love that song. Oh, that is a good one. It's just one. a great, just a great... And the harmony in that, too. Yeah, a great non-secular, this time of year song. Nobody can be mad about that song. Yeah. You, 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 ha- you just... Nobody. So those are, those are probably my big two. There's like, and, and like Gary pointed, I mean, there's, there's at least, like I can think of three or four others that would make the list. But we're talking about your favorites, not the ones that are in your rotation, your exactly. favorites. Uh, <laughs> don't give me, don't give me your, your, your Drew Holiday, your, your Derek White, your Sam Hauser version. I want the Tatum and Browns. All right, that's it. Yeah, your top show. That. So you that's why, for me, um, Give Love on Christmas Day by The Temptations and Let It Snow by Boys and Men. Those are my, those are my two. My Tatum and my Browns. Well, we hope you all had a great Christmas, Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, anything you celebrate during this month. Well, Kwanzaa just getting started, Kwanzaa. We like that's true. My holiday. I'm still learning about my own holiday. Gary, we can't teach them nothing, man. (laughs) Can't teach you nothing, can't take them nowhere. (laughs) My goodness. But before we close out, I do want to give a shout out to Indeed.com, HelloFresh, and FanDuel the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network, where new customers get $150 in bonus bets with their any winning, actually, any winning $5 money line bet. It's a new year, time to save some money, time to make some money, so you know where to do. Go to download those apps, of course, but also make sure you're downloading our episodes of the Big 3 NBA podcast on whatever your favorite podcasting apps, and make sure you share it with a friend as well as we get into the new year new routines and you have more time to listen to us every week talking about your favorite team the boston celtics until next week though which will be <laughs> next year this is the big <laughs> she said it like grinch <laughs> next year you know, i love a corny <laughs> joke what you what you got something you got something up in 24 like you can't wait for 24 wow okay. it, it's next year i like saying next year <laughs> <laughs> next year you're allowed to say next year now it's only in a few days but thank you all but for listening the corniness has got to stop like last it's not stopping no, not keep, it going, keep it going such and such got waved they waved back <laughs> it's this time it's next week which is next year ha <laughs> So yeah, corny. if you That'll don't like my corny puns, then you probably shouldn't listen to us next year because they will continue to exist. Keep it going, Corny. Keep Amazing. it going. We got you. I think that's what the people want. All right. Yeah, what the people, people want. want. Exactly. People want. Okay. If they want it, they got it. Yes. Well, we appreciate y'all all so much. And again, tune in next week. We'll be back here. <laughs> <laughs>